0: This podcast is generously sponsored by The Pillar Network. The Pillar Network is a community of like-minded churches that are doctrinally aligned so that they can be missionally driven to plant and revitalize churches together. That doctrinal alignment comes around 6DNA. They are committed to gospel proclamation, being Bible-based, to live expository preaching, to churches that are elder-led, confessionally baptistic, and kingdom-minded. Reach out to them today at thepillarnetwork.com. Thepillarnetwork.com.
1: Baptist 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at Baptist21.com.
0: Welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast, where we have conversations about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. And this week on the podcast, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, uh, about a year ago uh, or more, we did a series on what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. We had you know people write on different Baptist distinctives, and we did interviews on those distinctives as well. One of the ones that we had somebody write on, but we did not do an interview uh, about, was the kind of historic... Baptist uh, nature of cooperating together, the fact that historically Baptists have seen themselves as autonomous local churches, yet those who cooperate together for, as the SBC Constitution says it, for the propagation of the gospel. And so uh, last week at an event for Pillar, Pillar is one of our uh, primary sponsors for this podcast, I did a talk, a short talk on uh, cooperation in the New Testament and even applied it to both uh, the Irish Baptist Association, and as as well as Pillar, and then the the brother who wrote for us the 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 article on cooperation, a man named Stephen Carn, pastors Hamilton Baptist Church in Northern Virginia. I did a short interview with him after my talk, and so what you're going to get today is is that session where I kind of give a, the biblical um, at least the biblical pattern and even the theological ramifications for cooperation, and then kind of the specifically how a network of churches did cooperation in order to plant a church. And so uh, that's what you're going to hear on the podcast today, kind of in, in, in line with our being Baptist in the 21st century, as we think about this kind of historic idea of Baptist cooperation, where we're independent churches, yet we're interdependent for the sake of the Great Commission. And so that's going to be something a little bit different this week on the podcast, but something that, that fits in with what we uh, so often talk about, about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. So hope I hope this will be a helpful listen, and we do appreciate you listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. Yeah, y'all might be sitting there thinking, yeah, he doesn't look like a Division I basketball player. Yeah, that was about 20 something years ago and uh, not quite the athlete I was then. There still is a, if you can, you can find it if you Google me on uh, a NBA draft profile, but I've gone undrafted for 22 straight years now, which is, (laughs) which is shocking. Uh, not quite sure why I haven't been drafted yet. So, um, maybe, maybe this year will be the year they a 41 year old with minimal athletic ability. And, uh, I don't think that I don't think that call is coming. Uh, it is a joy to uh, get a chance to open uh, God's word just briefly, and then I'm going to do uh, kind of a more topical look at the topic we're looking at. So, if you have a copy of God's word, I'm going to look at a little bit at Third John. Uh, and it's my hope this morning to make an argument for uh, more cooperation among our churches, and, and more by way of reminder. I mean, we all uh, try to be a part of cooperating, associating, and it's, but it's my hope that we'll go through some of what we see in the New Testament, that it'll spark ideas for greater associating and cooperation among our churches, including our aspirations to carry out a Second 2 Timothy 2.2 two. 2 ministry in our churches. Increasingly for Pillar, it is our desire not just to kind of talk about cooperation, but to to intentionally figure out ways that we can cooperate for the purpose of equipping, planting, and revitalizing. Now, cooperation is part of our Baptist history. Cooperating to plant churches is is deep within our Baptist history. And once I became a Baptist convictionally, not just culturally, you might say that I became sort of a, a Baptist history nerd, you might say. It was fascinating to me to learn the history of one of our new pillar partners a few years ago, the Irish Baptist Association basically, they're the kind of the Irish SBC, though, Matthew, you might say, we don't want to hold that title, uh, and that's fair enough. But it was encouraging to hear how that association was formed, and then the work that they were doing together as as Pillar began to get to know them more and to partner with them. Irish Baptist churches can be traced all the way back to about 1642, to the mid-1600s, which would be within a couple of decades of the original Baptist church, the JLJ Church. And yet the association of Irish Baptist churches, churches did not form until 1895, when 27 Irish Baptist churches sort of break from the Baptist Union as they side with Spurgeon in the downgrade controversy. And so now, like 125 years later, that association has grown from 27 churches to over 100 churches, which is amazing if you think about it, because the Republic of Ireland, where Matthew, who's with us here now, serves, it is the least reached English-speaking country in the world, less than half a percent evangelical. It's a really, really Tough place to do ministry. And because of their cooperation and their shared resourcing, there are now over 125 Baptist churches, uh, 30 of which, or about 30 of which, are in the Republic of Ireland, partnering together. And that's grown by about 25 over the last 20 years, which is amazing as they partner to start and strengthen churches. In addition, in our short history, a handful of churches came together as the Pillar Network in some sense, as you probably already heard this week on the stage, that, so that medium and smaller sized churches could cooperate together to plant and revitalize churches. And now because of that kind of cooperation, Pillar has taken part in helping churches plant up to 90 new works. And we're going to hear about one of those cooperative efforts in just a minute as I interview Stephen Karn. Cooperation to plant churches is the pattern of the New Testament. And, and while it is the kind of while cooperation is the description of what we see in the New Testament, I would also argue there seems to be some level of prescription to that as well. Maybe you might say it like this: as we look at 3 John, there's there's some aspect of oughtness to that work. I want to look at a few verses in 3 John that speak to this and pray for God's help uh, as we consider doing this more intentionally so that we can equip, plant, and revitalize churches together. Let's look at 3 John. And we're going to start in verse 1. Our brother John writes this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. "...the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul." For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on a journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I'm going to pray and ask for God's help as we think about this topic. Father, thank You for Your Word. We're thankful that Your Word trains us in righteousness. Father, I pray that You would use Your Word now as we consider uh, these things. Help us to be a part of cooperating together for the sake of the cause of Christ among all nations. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I I grew up with three brothers and no sisters. So basically my mom grew up in a, my mom lived in a male dormitory as we grew up, which is unfortunate. And I still remember this day after an over after school group we were a part of, it was supervised. We were in middle school, I think at the time, or maybe late elementary school. And my uncle over like supervised this after school group and we were playing soccer one day. And for some reason during this soccer match, my twin brother and I began to get in a fist fight. Now, I was very godly at the time, so I'm sure he started the fight. But during this fight, we fall to the ground, and I'm, we're kind of rolling around in a fight. And immediately, the brother that's on John's team, my twin brother, comes up and kicks me in the back. So, what do you think the brother on my team does? He just walks over and he punches him in the face. And so now all four of the Aiken brothers are on the ground, rolling around fighting. And my uncle, who used to be an undercover cop, he loved to watch fights. So he just sat there and watched it happen (laughs) until an adult walked up. And so then he acted like, oh, guys, you need to break this up. And he stopped the fight. As I think about those sort of events, I cannot help but wonder if my mom's favorite passage had to be in a, you know, an adaptation of Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when the Aiken brothers dwell in unity. <laughs> Well, I say that to to say this, I am now incredibly close with my brothers. I mean, we we communicate every day. All of them are involved in gospel ministry. And although we were competitive growing up, and as you've already heard, I was the best athlete of of the four. I mean, you guys saw me play golf last night. Very much he would disagree. Today, we have each other's back. I mean, in fact, I do everything I can in my life to make sure that my brothers flourish. And I would appeal to you this morning. If that's true for biological brothers, how much more so should it be true as as Aristides says, for brothers who are not bound by blood ties alone, but brothers who are brothers after the Spirit and in God? And so I would argue then that interdependence or cooperation among churches is biblical, first and foremost, on a theological basis. We are brothers. An emphasis that is picked up in basically every New Testament epistle. For instance, in Ephesians 2, it points out, for through Him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members and members of the household of God. Now, I am a real Baptist, and so I would argue that every, almost every instance of the word church in the New Testament is talking about a local church, but I still think the theological ne- connection remains. We are brothers in the same family, so we are in many senses on the same team. And those separate churches we have been given the same mission. So we argue for, while we argue for the autonomy or the end We rightly hold that the New Testament teaches that the local church is accountable to no one except the Lord Jesus himself. But while we argue that, we also argue that we are not meant for isolation. We are meant to cooperate together. So we not only argue for cooperation on a theological basis, but we also argue for it based upon the pattern that we see playing out in the New Testament, some of which we have read right here. right here. We, we talk about this idea of being independent, yet interdependent on one another. And this concept is found all the way back to the first London Confession, which I have there in the notes, and it says this, "...although particular congregation be distinct in several bodies, everyone a compact and knit city in and of itself... Yet are, are they all to walk by one and the same rule and by all means convenient to have the counsel and help of one another in all needful affairs of the church as members of one body in the common faith under Christ their only head? So I think that begs the question then, why does the New Testament give us cooperation as a pattern in the New Testament? And I want to argue that the pattern is established coming out of the theological truth of our new familial identity and the pattern we see in the New Testament because we can do better together and we can do more together. Fairly simple idea this morning. We can do better together. We can do more together. We do better. We influence one another. We help one another. We bring doctrinal accountability and clarification and we can do more together. We can share resources in order to fulfill the Great Commission. So first part, we can do better together. In the New Testament, and I've listed out some key texts there, but in the New Testament, we see churches partnering together, not by way of authority, but by way of influence and by way of help. We see this in Acts chapter 11. Dwayne mentioned that text yesterday. There's a report that comes to the church in Jerusalem that a good number of the Gentiles have been converted uh, down at Antioch, and they send a member of their own. They send this member named Barnabas to help and encourage the church at Antioch. And it says of him, and I love the verse, Acts 11.23, it says this, when he came and saw the grace of God, it says he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. It's interesting to me that as Jerusalem hears about what's going on in Antioch, they do not send an apostle down. They're not acting as an authority. Instead, they're acting as a partner. And so they send down this encourager named Barnabas. And again, I love what it says. When he sees what the Lord is doing, it says that he is glad. You might say that he has the right disposition for cooperation. He's not a person about competition. No, he is thankful at the grace of God displayed through the flourishing of others. I pray something that would be true of us as well. And not only is he glad at what's happening, he exhorts them to remain faithful with steadfast purpose. This is the sort of sharpening that can and should happen through our interconnectedness as churches of like mind. We also see this in Acts 15. We see cooperation for doctrinal accountability. And I don't want to unpack all of Acts 15. That would take a long time. And. We know many use Acts 15 to push for a kind of hierarchical structure of church government. And to them, I would just say simply that they're wrong. Of course, hopefully humbly so, I would say that. But it's interesting if you take a step back to consider what's happening in Acts 15 as well. Jerusalem does not call for the meeting. Antioch is the one that takes the initiative to send Paul and Barnabas up to Jerusalem. Listen to what it says in Acts 15. "...some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate among them..." I I love how it says there, they're told they have to be circumcised to be saved, and it says no small dissension arises among them. And the text continues, "...Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and to the elders about this question." So the church at Antioch is stirred up by this troubling teaching, a, a teaching that we know threatens the gospel itself, and in order to get greater clarity, they, they seek out counsel and help from another church. And because of cooperation in Acts 15, both of the churches, the church at Jerusalem and the church at Antioch, they, they clarify doctrine, they clarify practice, and we still need to do that for one another today. Perhaps increasingly so in the days ahead, we need to help each other think through important matters of how we apply right doctrine to right practice. And I love how the account of Acts 15 sort of ends. It ends with even more cooperation as the church at Antioch sends people down with kind of this letter encouraging. And here's what it says. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And then Judas and Silas, again, members from Jerusalem who had been sent back to Antioch. It says, Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace. Again, listen to this. Thinking thing about what Duane said yesterday about this idea that the church is not the one initiating and having authority in sending. They send them off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. We see the role of the local church in the lives of those they send. Not only do we see doctrinal accountability in the New Testament, we also see financial help in places like 1 Corinthians 16 and 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Paul commends the churches of Macedonia for giving generously to help the church at Jerusalem. Interestingly, these churches that have come about because of the fruit of Jerusalem send money back to help Jerusalem. They helped the first ever church plant. They helped in some sense the mothership. They helped the first Baptist church of Jerusalem. So we see this pattern emerging of churches helping one another for sharpening, for encouragement, for financial help, for doctrinal accountability. And so I want us to consider, and we're not going to go through it at our tables, but consider this question, what might this look like for us who have the same like mind when it comes to doctrine? What might it look like for us both formally and informally in our regions to cooperate together so that we do better together? It might mean discussing matters of practice for sharpening. It might mean taking up offerings for specific causes or for specific plants. It might mean doing some of our residencies together in order to to equip people better and to spark ideas of cooperative church planting, which will lead to our second part in just a minute, that we can not only do better together, we can do more together. But before we turn there, I just want to make an appeal to the necessity of the clarity of sound doctrine, something that Pillar is adamant about, Cooperation in the Bible, and cooperation is not just biblical, not just for the sake of cooperation alone, but so that we can uh, propagate the gospel. We do so for the purpose of preserving and propagating the gospel so that sound doctrine will saturate the world, so that we will actually have something worth offering to the world. And so I hope the aim of Pillar, the, the why of why we plant churches, is so that we will saturate the world with sound doctrine for their good and also for the glory of the one who is worthy of their praise. Now, the second part, we cooperate and we see this in the New Testament because we can do more together. God has established his church as the vehicle by which he is accomplishing his purposes in the world. And the way that Paul and others went about these purposes, they went about the Great Commission to make disciples, was through the planting and strengthening of churches all over the known world at that time. We see this pattern in the New Testament as well. Churches cooperate together for what we say is the propagation of the gospel seen in local churches multiplying. Just consider Acts 16 for a minute, right? Acts 16, Lystra releases a faithful and meaningful member. His name is Timothy. In fact, we know he's a meaningful member because he is well spoken of by the brothers. Then they release him in order for him to join Paul, a man commissioned from a, another church, that being the church at Antioch. And now the churches of Lystra and Antioch partner together for the aspect of starting and strengthening churches. Another key text for gospel cooperation is the whole book of Romans. Romans is viewed as a theological masterpiece. And of course, we would agree that Romans is a theological masterpiece. John Knox says of it, it is unquestionably the most important theological work ever written. And yet Paul tells us in that theological masterpiece that he is writing to them for the sake of the Great Commission. Some have actually argued that Romans is just one big missionary support letter. The whole purpose is that because of his partnership with the church at Rome, a church that he did not plant, Paul might move on to preach the gospel elsewhere. That he might move on to preach the gospel where Christ has not already been named. Paul says in Romans 1 that he desires to be with them. He desires to encourage them. He says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. But he also writes in Romans 15 that it is his desire to make it on to Spain. So he writes, I hope to see you in passing. Listen, so that I may be helped on my journey there by you. So brothers, I would just agree, again, argue, we can do far more together than we can do apart. And I think we need to be intentional in how we do that. In pastoral ministry, many good things can demand our time, so we must prioritize what are the best things that will demand my time. I get it for some of you here that it's going to take time, and it's going to take teaching, and it's going to take capital to teach your congregation why these sort of things are important. And we want to help you in that. But if we will be intentional in our cooperative efforts with one another, I believe the Lord will bless our work. He will bless us in our church planting and our church strengthening and revitalizing and the sending of missionaries to do this work. Again, I think practically there's lots of ways this can look, and it's our hope that over the next six months or so that we'll discuss even more what this will look like. The, the Unite Conference is going to be about this topic. Cooperation is biblical, cooperation is historically Baptist. Because of the cooperation of 125 Irish Baptist churches pooling their resources for the propagation of the Gospel in other countries, there is work going on. They are sending missionaries to other places of the world. And I cannot help but think of Pillar as I think about what they're doing in Ireland. For maybe just the smallest acts of intentional partnering together that maybe, just maybe, 50 years from now there might be in Saudi Arabia a small Baptist association of faithful brothers who love the gospel, who are having their own intensive thinking through how they will carry out Second Timothy two two, so that they can bless their own churches, but also bless the churches of the world. Which is why our brother John, I believe, highlights the beauty of cooperation again by telling his beloved Gaius, beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts. For these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I want to take just a minute to pray for God's favor in these efforts. And then I'm going to invite Stephen Karn up to tell us about how they did this specifically uh, in the region that he helps oversee. Father, It is a kindness that You would allow us to be a part of Your work in the world. Father, I pray for these brothers here. I pray that we would be vessels for honorable use who would be useful to the Master of the house. And Father, would You bless our efforts in cooperating together. May You help us see just very practical ways that we can intentionally do this all the more. And then Father, would You use it in ways that we cannot even imagine. Thank you for these brothers and them giving up time during their week to be here uh, with us. And you pray it would bear much fruit in their lives. Father, we do know and we can trust that the gospel is indeed bearing fruit all over the world. Would you allow us to be part of that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take just a second to kind of change the setup, and then Stephen and I are going to have a conversation about how they did this uh, at uh, in Northern Virginia. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm Stephen Carr, I, uh,
1: the senior pastor at Hamilton Baptist Church in uh, Northern Virginia. About a hour uh, west of washington dc
0: yeah awesome so you guys did this recently i want to hear some about that but first just kind of maybe biblically theologically as you guys think about cooperation we've, we've you've written for us and we've had some conversations about this biblically theologically what are the texts and themes that kind of stand out in the new testament as far as what got you guys excited about doing this
1: well i appreciate what you had to share this is super helpful yeah. and. Um, you know, I, I think like Colossians 4 and, and Romans 16 is, is really interesting um, thinking about these things as Paul's kind of finishing up in his letters and he's, he's talking about his fellow co-workers. In, in particular, in, in Colossians 4, uh, Paul identifies that there's actually four churches in this area. There's Laodicea, Hierapolis, and a house church in addition to the church at Colossae. And uh, I think it's somewhere around verse 15, he, he says to the, he's writing to the church at Colossae, and he says, A brothers, give my greetings to the church at Laodicea mm. and to this house church. And so just even that kind of thought, like, when's the last time your church went to an, another church and gave greetings mm. on behalf of of, of a mutual partner. Hmm. And, and so I, th- I find that very compelling and interesting. Like, how, does, how would that, what did that look like? How can that work in, in our context? Hmm. But then, like the very next verse, it, Paul writes, he says, Make sure the letter I wrote to Laodicea is read in your church and, and make sure you they read the letter I wrote to you. In other words, Paul wrote a letter to Laodicea. Yeah. So, Paul could have very easily given his own greetings mm. to the church, which he just wrote a letter to. Right. Right. Yeah. But instead, mm. he tells the church at Colossae, I want you to give, bring my greetings rather than him doing it. So it seems to me that Paul is intentionally trying to foster yes. this cooperation, this associational model mm. there in the Lycus like Valley.
0: Medium-sized church, Hamilton. Yeah, we're we're a little under 400 on Sunday mornings. So, how old is the church? Uh,
1: 135 years old.
0: Okay, up until y'all sent Cody out last year, how long had it been since y'all planted the church?
1: Yeah, uh, there's some records that we planted a church in the early 60s. Early
0: 60s. Uh, Before Cody came, were y'all already doing residencies, internships, or was that kind of a beginning thing? That was the beginning. That was the beginning. Y'all, y'all doing some summer
1: things, summer interns, that type of thing.
0: So, what kind of got behind you guys thinking we want to bring? in a guy like Cody to do an intentional residency? Kind of what was going through all that? I want to hear more about what y'all did with him, but just kind of the, what was the origins of that? Yeah, well, we,
1: our, our heart was to, to plant a church and, and uh, we, we feel like this is how you do Matthew 28. Uh, yeah. That's a, a church planning mandate. And so um, we begin to talk about that as a church and and like i said we, we're an old church we're an established church we don't i got a lot of we don't do that we, um, <laughs> why why would we ever want to send our members out of our church yeah. um, when the goal is just to grow what we have so there's a lot of pushing a lot of conversations um and so we we brought a cody on as a resident with maybe the idea right. of of planting with him but maybe he's just here for a year and a half and then then goes off to mm-hmm. wherever the Lord calls him. And so as, as he was here, you know, the church began to fall in love with him. We mm-hmm. begin to see giftedness. And so we kind began to transition towards that church.
0: What did the kind of residency look like as far as spiritual uh, markers, but uh, theological competencies and even just maybe day to day activity?
1: Yeah. So we, we are the way we're, we've done it. And, and we're still new at this. We begin with, with observate, uh, uh, excuse me, we, yeah, observation. We just, we just sent him to like go to every type of meeting, just observe what's going on. Go to the children are being, tra- you know, the <laughs> children's workers are being trained. We want you at that meeting, we want you at this meeting. And so, not really burdening him with like ministry to start with, mm-hmm. just kind of observe the life of the church. And then we're, we're working on, as far as like theological development, we're doing ecclesiology like a lot of brothers, but we're also doing biblical counseling. So mm. we feel our seminaries are really under-equipping pastors for that. So that was a large component of... Of our residency, and then once he's he's begin, after that observation stage, mm. uh, we begin to have some supervised ministry. Okay, so uh, why don't you start teaching in Sunday school? We're gonna watch you and and uh, you know, preach some mock sermons to the mm. staff and that type of thing, and then we just kind of once we see. You know help guide him through then we kind of release him into doing ministry on his own and give him a project to do and start something from from scratch and all the while we're trying to not only do this at hamilton baptist but uh intentionally foster relationships with cody with churches in our pillar region.
0: Yeah, I want to hear more about that in just a second. Okay. So, the kind of ecclesiology, biblical counseling side. How what, what did that look like? I mean, books. How long were y'all meeting together, face to face, to talk through the reading, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah. Well, so we, we uh, we're we're meeting every week as a pastoral staff with yep. with Cody. We're reading books together. Uh, we he's a seminary graduate. I figure the poor guy's written enough papers, so we're, <laughs> we don't we don't do the paper writing uh, thing. And so uh, we're just getting together. Yeah. As far as going over the reading and then in, um, just what are you learning? Yeah. What are the challenges? What are the questions you have? Yeah.
0: yeah, and feel free to if you guys have questions, feel free to text me, and we'll we'll add in some questions. Okay, so part of what was compel was compelling about your story is that um, y'all you had how many how many churches in y'all's region?
1: Yeah, uh, it was about seven. Okay, so seven the re- region ch- just got divided, but Sure. Yeah, yeah. so there
0: were about seven churches in the region. Mm-hmm. How did you go about beginning to kind of cast vision for y'all for them all to have a little bit of ownership in the church plant that that you guys were you know, obviously starting to form formulate? Yeah, so
1: our re- so we we're, we're like the one established church in our region is almost exclusively church plants yeah. um, and so I've never planted a church I've never been part of a church that's planted a church I've never seen this never done this never participated in any way yeah. but I have these brothers who have yeah and so I begin to like help help me understand this teach me mm-hmm. um, and then begin to kind of just cast the vision what if what if we do this together rather mm-hmm. than than just Hamilton do, is doing this what would it look like if, if you were like meaningfully participating, not just sending mm. money, not just receiving letters, yeah. but actually participating in the forming of Cody, mm. uh, getting them to this point, uh, getting your churches and understanding that you are planting
0: a church. Yeah. With us. So what did that look like? So there was, there's some aspects of shared ministry where you guys even shared Cody with some of these plants. What did some of that look like? So almost immediately we, we wanted
1: Co- our Cody to, to begin to meet with these pillar pastors, you know, uh, on their own, just one-on-one, begin to glean from them. So he immediately started a relationship with these brothers. Mm. They're getting to know him uh, through that, getting to trust him through that. He's, you know, obviously gleaning a, a great deal about church planting from them. Mm. And then uh, we really encouraged him occasionally to go and visit these churches, just to be there, worship with him, them, mm. see what they're doing, um, and, and, and how, how God's working through those ministries. And so he's forming relationships with these pastors, these other churches. And then eventually we got to the point where uh, we, we sent uh, to Cody off to, the, to those other churches for a period of time mm. and said, so, okay, spend the next six weeks with uh, Winchester Baptist. Mm. And so my brother, Tim was gracious enough, gave t- Cody the pulpit for six weeks in a row. Wow, yeah. So he, he, we, can't, we can't do that in our context. So now Cody has an opportunity to actually preach through a book, mm. right? And, and Tim's guiding him through that process. And all our churches are different, you know, yeah. w- different sizes, you know, multi-staff, single pastor. And so Cody's being exposed to different contexts of ministry
0: that we okay. can't, we, we, we can't offer him. So. Just want to make a note. He said, multi-staff, not multi-site. So yes. sure <laughs> uh, kind of how did the end of that process look? Um, even just in, as far as how y'all sent him out, how many did he go with kind of, how, how was he financially helped by all the churches, not just Hamilton? Yeah. So
1: all, all the, all the churches um, in our region is, are supporting him financially. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's receiving uh received members almost from from at least the churches close closer to that area probably members from three of our our churches in addition yeah. to us and uh That's awesome. he, even when he would go and preach there uh, prior to to launch he had more opportunities to go back and preach and he was really encouraging these churches to to say you guys are planting a church yeah. um please understand that yeah. this is your work mm. and then when we had our launch serve you know like our, our sending service as Hamilton Baptist. Our idea was to actually have a multi-worship with mm. multiple churches. It didn't work out okay. um, because of COVID and things like that. Um, but we did have, you know, a couple pastors come mm. participate in our in our commissioning and our sending right. out, uh, just to highlight to our church
0: that, hey, this is not just simply our work, this is the work of a, our association. So maybe you went with people and money from all these different churches. It was a town nearby yeah. that to y'all's knowledge had never had a Baptist church there ever. Yeah. Yeah,
1: there's a, a town of 3000. There's no gospel preaching church in that town. Yeah, it's about 12 miles away. 12 and he planted Lovettsville Baptist Church. Lovettsville Baptist Church. And, and by God, you know, I, uh, by God's grace, it was self-sustaining on day one. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, he hasn't returned the money uh, to us, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're still writing him when, sex, whenever, but, the fam-
0: but, whenever the famine comes to Hamilton, he'll send <laughs> some money back. Um, uh,
1: but it, it was just a, a, a beautiful start. Um, and yeah, God's really blessing that work. Yeah.
0: Part of the problem when you have guys on stage to talk, I didn't know that part of the story, but when you have guys on stage to tell this kind of story, you might think that's going to happen for you. That may not, probably not happen for you. they will be self-sustaining for day one. But that, that's, that's amazing. And, and just the cooperative effort there. Uh, a question that came in, good question. Does Cody have a family? Uh, if so, how did it work for his wife and kids to visit other churches regularly?
1: Yeah. He, he's got three little kiddos. Cody's, I think he's probably about 28, 29. Um, so I think his oldest is about five to a newborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his kids loved it. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they, they, they were really blessed by, by, uh, being able to be exposed to other ministry context.
0: Yeah. One question that came in is what does y'all's training for biblical counseling look like?
1: Uh, we, we don't, we, it's all, we outsource it all. Okay. Um, uh, ICBC. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, my associate brother knows. So it was just a, a, a tra- online training certification. Yeah. yeah.
0: If, when y'all if when uh, hopefully if or hopefully when y'all do this again, yeah. what do you like things that you learned that like hey we we will do, definitely do this again or things you're like hey we'll try this next time, just encouragement for mm-hmm. the brothers. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're we're already uh, we're already talking about doing it again. Um, we're talking about that from the pulpit. Um, we we've, we're we're praying in about four years to to try this try this again. We we sent half our elders. Uh, and about fifteen percent of our members, um, and so it, it was kind of a big hit for us as far as like leadership vacuum, and um, and so it's going to take us a little time to recover. Yeah, we want to be able to do this again, but we're already identified a place. We're already talking to uh, our brothers in the network. Mm. Hey, let's do this again, um, and and see how we can even up the level of our cooperation together. Yeah,
0: anything you'll do different next time that you're thinking, uh oh, we should have tried this or tried that?
1: I really want, to, as we kind of, this residency evolves and, and we think more critically about this, I, I really want to increase the level of, of cooperative work, hmm. almost to the point where I like to get, if, if I could get maybe two of the churches in our network that we all agree on the, re- like, instead of HPC, take the lead. This yeah. is the residency. Hey, will you work with this guy? We all come together and even think about, okay, who is the guy that we all want to bring mm. on? So even like from, from step one, mm. there's this cooperative buy-in, like this yeah. is something we're doing together.
0: Just briefly tell them what y'all do in your regional time together. That What does that typically look like? We have guys that are kind of starting regions, but what does that, y'all meet together once a month. What does that time typically
1: look yeah, like? Uh, super simple. We, we meet once a month for, for lunch and we just rotate between the brothers, whoever, whatever they want to do. And so it's, rarely it's always discussion there's not not real content that's given mm. so a brother wants to learn about how how are you raising up elders or wh- whatever it might be so we just rotate through who's who's leading that uh, we almost always say hey is there anything going on in your church that you want to talk about before we get to those ideas yeah. and so sometimes we'll deal deal with that and uh, and then we make sure that we pray for one another just give us yeah. an update what are the what are the needs what's going on how can we pray for you
0: pillar just really wants to this, this story to be repeated a, a ton and, and just uh, for our churches to partner together in this way. So we wanted you to hear kind of how how Stephen and those guys have done it. Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, Baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast.